When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Guess who's back? Back again. Power, Power rankings back. back. Tell a friend. That's Get- right, baby. <laughs> Just when I tried to kill it again, they're Just back. Just when I thought I was out, <laughs> they pull me back in. in. Al Pacino. Power rankings for Steelers. First round draft picks in their history. And what a great, glorious history it has been for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Lots of big-time players, though. Not drafted in the first round, though. You know, you think you're Jack Lamberts, your Jack Hams, all these Steelers greats, your ABs, Heinz Ward. Not a first round pick by your Pittsburgh Steelers. But these 10 men are, and I think we have the definitive top 10 list. I think it's as solid as a list in you, terms of the names on it and which and the order of which they're ranked. I think you can, yes, you can argue the order somewhat. But I think these are. But the overall, top 10 in general, you would kind of put everyone in in like a tier, kind of. Let me give you a, a couple of guys that just missed the list. Little JDQ MTC here mm-hmm. for the Steelers' first round picks. Pounce just had him Tough. on the outside. I mean, borderline Hall of Famer. Yeah. Most franchises, that kind of player is going to be one of your best first round picks ever. Sorry, Charlie, you got drafted to the best for organization in Pittsburgh <laughs> right. in NFL history. Louis Lips, another guy that I had on my list um, as a first-round pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then finally, a bit of a, a, of a weird one, 1957, mm. quarterback Len Dawson out of mm. Purdue. First-round pick by the Pittsburgh Steelers, but, but he didn't yeah, win right. his MVP, didn't win his Super Bowl MVP, didn't win his Super Bowl until he was a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. Right. So he didn't really do much for the Steelers, but still, even though he was a first-round pick. pick. In theory. Should have kept him longer than three years, though. Right. I think you could say that. All right. Getting on to our list. Number 10, an active Pittsburgh Steeler. Mm. This is where I have. That's great. This is where I have Mr. Cam Hayward. Steelers first round pick number 31 overall in 2011. So just barely made it into the first round out of Ohio State. I mean, he won't be at the top of people's minds when it comes to statistically great Steelers. He probably won't win a Super Bowl in Pittsburgh. I mean, you can still live in hope because he's still playing, but I just don't think that that will most likely happen for Cam, but he will forever be remembered as one of the greatest Steelers of all time on and off the field. And I mean, there's no one on the team today that truly embodies being a Pittsburgh Steeler like he does. I mean, I know Kenny is kind of like the new up-and-coming face of the franchise as a quarterback, but the face of the Steelers is Cam Hayward. Yeah, he's been the leader ever since. I mean, he was the a co-leader of this team alongside Ben Roethlisberger almost ever since he was drafted. And then once Ben left, this is 
absolutely been Cam Hayward's team. Yeah, and Hall of Fame status with Cam, I think it's a little iffy. I think if I think if the Steelers during some point of his career had made the Super Bowl, yeah. won a Super Bowl, and he had a ring, I think a lot of people would find it hard to deny him that Hall of Fame credibility. But I think people who actually pay attention to his game can tell you. Drafted just a year after the Steelers' last Super Bowl appearance when they lost to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, listen, he, I think, best chance for the Hall of Fame, because like you said, he doesn't have that ring or that Super Bowl appearance even yeah. to go along with it. Just one appearance in an AFC Championship game in Cam's career. Longevity. I think can really be his key to getting into Canton. If he can play at this level for like another three or four years, which is unlikely because of the position that he plays in the age that he is, but if he can do that, it's going to be hard to keep him out of Canton at that point. To, yeah, to age sure. that gracefully and to put up all pro caliber seasons when you're 35, 36, 37, then I think you're looking at, all right, it's hard to keep this guy out. Well, I had a problem. You're talking about that, making the all pro team in his age. I had a problem with him being left off of that team this past year. Not to take away from Chris Jones or Quinton Williams or Dexter Lawrence or Jeffrey Simmons, but one of those guys, I think you could say, okay, good, yes, but you have to look at what Cam Hayward did for the Steelers' defense. Turning around the run game from how bad it was in 2021, right, when he was a first-teamer, I don't think his game dropped any, any ounce. If not, he probably just got a little bit better. So how can you tell him that he was a first-team All-Pro in 2021? He got maybe slightly better in 2022, and he didn't make either the first-team or second-team. Number nine, our last active player. This is where I have Mr. TJ Watt checking in. So I think when we were saying earlier, there's a, f- a few like tiers within the top ten where you can maybe swap picks. Maybe you say Cam above TJ. Only Maybe, because of longevity. But I put TJ in front of Cam because TJ does have an NFL record that I think yes. will stand the, until and, the day he goes and, to Cam. And won a war that Cam is yet to yes, uh, win. Exactly. Mr. Watt has the NFL record <laughs> for, well, tied for the NFL record for most sacks in a season. He will be the He's got It's his record alongside Strahan's. Strahan's, yeah. It is, but it's not, it's not like it's not his record. Right. It's his record. But I hate having slash yeah, Strahan right. on it as well. Stupid Baltimore scorekeeper. That was a sack. We all know that was a sack. With TJ Watt, though. And the depoy. And the depoy. Yeah, I think that puts him a little bit above Cam. And, you know, obviously he's had some injury problems, but he will end his career as the Steelers franchise league leader when it comes to sacks. Franchise leader when it comes to sacks. He's already a Steelers Hall of Honor member in his short career. Um, and, yeah, as long Does as he, he not already had that record. So he was all-time sack leader? He was going to have it last year. But then. But he missed a ton of injuries. times. So he still is chasing. I'll, I'll, I'll show you exactly who he's chasing. James Harrison. But he. Uh, Jason Gilden is in second. He's not, I think, past Gilden yet either. Okay. Or he might have passed Gilden. Either way, it's a healthy. All it takes is one healthy season. And right. he's going to be the all-time leader in sacks. So TJ Watt, number nine on my list. And I think TJ and Cam also were nine and ten. Because they're still active, and yeah. Everybody else isn't. Give them time, right? I think that there's some guys that they can definitely. I got it here. Harrison leads this, the franchise with eight and a half. Second place. Forgot about this guy, Cam Hayward. Oh, how about that? Seventy-eight point five, and then TJ's one behind Cam, seventy-seven and a half, and then they're both ahead of Gilden, 
who's now in fourth. So you'd have to assume that by the time that they're both all said and done, they'll be one and two in franchise yes. history. Yes, I can't Cam. see Cam not getting two more sacks. Getting in his to career. Harrison, and then TJ's going to pass Cam. Maybe in a game, he might do it in right. the first game. Of the season <laughs> right. Number eight, going to the offensive line for this one. This is where I have Mister Allen Fanica. Is this our only offensive lineman on the list? Correct. Right. But it's not necessarily. Pounce was just off. DeCastro just off. And not only that, but Dermondi Dawson, Mike Webster, all time greats, just not first round picks. Exactly. So you can't include them on the list. But Alan Fanica was a first round pick in 1998. The Steelers took him 26th overall out of LSU. He is a Hall of Famer. Yes. So finally. You right. Can. Finally. And in fact, everybody else on the list is a Hall of Famer for. The remainder of these power. How many rankings. franchises can say that they have eight of their first round picks, right? The most, what, what people say is the most important pick you can make in, a, in an NFL draft, and eight of them are Hall of Famers. It's really remarkable um, when you think about it. Yeah, one, two, three, four. Who five, do we have in our JDQ MDC? Louis Lips, Pounce, Lips. who could be a Hall of Famer, and Len Dawson is just not just with not the for Steelers. The Steelers. Yeah. And Bill Dudley. In 1942, the running back out of Virginia was picked uh, number one overall by the Steelers. He's in the Hall of Fame as well, but I don't remember Bill Dudley's career much. I Can't just, really just got to be honest I bet you, you on that one. Bob Labriola could. I think that's the person you would definitely want to tab when it comes to uh, learning all about Bill Dudley's storied Hall of Fame career as a Pittsburgh With the Steelers, Steeler. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, eight is Fanica. I mean, I know he didn't finish his career as a Steeler. He uh, was with the Jets and then with the Cardinals for a bit, but come on. He's a Stealer. He right. went in the Hall of Fame as a Stealer. He's a Stealer Hall of Honor member. He came back and did the media circuit in Pittsburgh when he went into the Hall of Fame uh, right. a year or two ago. And really, you could make the argument with Webster, with Dawson, maybe the best offensive lineman in team history. Yeah, it's up there. I mean, I would say maybe he's number three. He's top Can I three. Say this? Would you He's, say he, his basement is three? Let's say right? this. He's the best non-center in Steelers. Oh, one hundred percent. You can't. Yeah, that's it's better than any other guard or tackle they've ever had. Yeah, but even so, his floor in the franchise's history is number three. Number seven, wide receiver Lynn Swan, the Hall of Famer, picked nineteen seventy four. Number 21 overall out of USC. Part of that Part of those iconic amazing 70s draft, draft classes that they've had. But that one specifically, the 74 one, was just an incredible thing. I mean, another really good Hall of Fame wide receiver was taken in that draft class too, Mr. John Stallworth, mm -hmm. just not qualified for this list because he didn't get picked in the first round. But, I mean, what can you say about Swanee? I mean, so many big catches in the Super Bowl, four-time Super Bowl champion, a Hall of Famer. I mean, I feel like you could just read... We could just tape what we say for everybody else remaining on this right. list. Just be like, what a great pick. First round pick, Hall of Famer. It applies to everybody. So, right. They're Swanee's, all Hall Swanee's of no exception. In. No, certainly not. <clears throat> Probably because of his entire career finishing with Pittsburgh and, and being such a great, you know, alumni of the team, you have to say he's the best receiver in franchise history. As far as sheer talent is concerned, I don't yeah, think I've ever debatable. seen anybody better than Antonio Brown play football right. at that position. But you have to take into account. Do you not think just it's because? Do you think it's because of how the league has changed? Right, because there was a time during the peak of of Heinz Ward's career that people were saying he was a better receiver 
than Swan and Stallworth. Do you think somehow, even though despite being like the highlight reel, we all remember the catches he made in the Super Bowl, he is a Hall of Famer. Do you still somehow believe that he's maybe slightly underrated? Who's Swanee? Yeah. Yeah, because... And both him and and John Stallworth. Yeah, I think so, a, a little bit. I think people get recency bias and, and right. think of Hines and think of A.B. But it's also because the league now, the too. league became so much more pass prevalent, right? Correct. Swan and Stallworth were great receivers on a run-first team with Franco Harris. Right, like they weren't getting as many opportunities as AB was. No, like the stat lines. Was. The stat lines are so dramatically different from the seventies compared to now. By the way, just thinking about receivers, another honorable mention could have been Santonio San Holmes, first round pick in two thousand six. Right. I think and he's a Super Bowl MVP. I think you leave him off the list because of longevity. Yeah, and I mean, he wasn't even a top five receiver in Steelers history. So. Yeah, he's up there. Not, not top, top five. five. Not top five. You got you gave me a little guff there like I was wrong. How dare no, you? No, he's no, no. I said five. not top five. You'd probably put him in the top ten, though, wouldn't you? Probably. Probably. But I'd like to right make that list and see if we can get ten guys in there like, in front of him. I'm looking at Lynn Swan's career stats, Tom. His season high in receptions was 61. <laughs> His season high in yards was 880. It just shows you the different di- leagues. Different leagues never got to not even a thousand, never got to nine hundred yards in a season, but still considered an all-time great. Oh, absolutely! And made the Hall yeah. of Fame. Number six, Rod Woodson, another guy that did mm. not finish off with the Steelers. Won a Super Bowl actually with Baltimore. We don't talk about that. Uh, I don't know what uh, you're talking about. But in 1987, the Steelers picked him with their number ten overall pick, and what a pick that was! Defensive Player of the Year for your Pittsburgh Steelers, and really widely considered maybe the best cornerback of the 90s. Yeah. Or up there with Deion Sanders when it comes to that debate. Yeah. I mean, and and I know that he didn't finish his career with Pittsburgh, but the longevity of Rod Woodson's right. career is really the incredible. longevity. And then I think it was kind of the cherry on top that came toward the end of his tenure with the Steelers was his ability to come back and play in Super Bowl Thirty after suffering what many consider was going to be a season-ending injury very early on, and had the toughness and the grit and the want and the desire to play in that Super Bowl with that team. You have to wonder what that injury did to him, too, because he was still great after, don't get me wrong, uh, made a first-team All-Pro team when he was 37 years old for the Oakland Raiders in 2002. But, Jacob, in 89, first-team All-Pro. In 90, first-team All-Pro. Pro Bowler the next year. In 92, first-team All-Pro. Defensive Player of the Year in 93. In 94, first-team All-Pro and runner-up Defensive Player of the Year. Then he has the injury... Then he's an all-pro, or then he's defensive player of the year, seventh overall, and then he goes a couple of years in a row without even making an all-pro team. Mm-hmm. So maybe the injury slows him down a bit, but again, not to the point where you know his career was over by any stretch of the imagination. He still had great years in front of him, including four Pro Bowls and another first-team all-pro from 99 to 2002. I mean, seeing Pro Football Reference page span from 1987 to 2003 right. is kind of mind-blowing, right? Especially at a position Like, to think that it was way before we were born into our early childhood. Third grade, second grade. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's more impressive, I think, when you think about how that position just is predicated on speed so much. It usually doesn't age gracefully. Right. Rod Woodson did age gracefully, and that's why he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, and that's why he's number, number six, six on our, our list. power rankings of... First round Steelers draft picks. 
Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Number five this is where I have Mr. Troy Palomalu. The Pittsburgh Steelers traded up for Troy Polamalu, picked him 16th overall in 2003, the defensive back out of USC. Another great move uh, trading up for the Steelers. And and really, this could be argued as uh, a four-year, five-year stretch, the start of a five-year stretch of just amazing draft picks for the Steelers. Troy in 2003, then their first-round pick in 2004 was Ben. Big Ben. Then it was Heath in 2005. And it was Santonio in 2006. Then it was Timmons in 2007. Mm. I mean, those are five key, key players there that you used in your first round. So Colbert was on a heater when it came to the first round between 2003 and 2007. Uh, But Troy, I mean, the guy who started that runoff, what can you say about him? Uh, You can argue one of the best defensive players in Steelers history for our era. I think he is the best player defensively in Steelers history. Yes. And in, in in the the new the modern the new era, era the two Super the two thousands and that on we grew yeah. up with he's yeah, the yeah, best yeah. defensive player, um, and you can really say outside of the steel curtain defense he's probably the best defensive player that so the Steelers I mean, have had. Yeah, like because I'm including the eighties, I'm including the nineties. Because so Rod left, everything. you know, Rod's probably the one that you would put right. But Rod won a deep play. Troy did that too. Rod's in the Hall of Fame. Troy did that too. Multiple Troy has, all team, all pro first teams. Troy did that too. So like Troy's everything, got two Rod rings. has. Troy, Troy's got two rings for also. them as well. Yeah, Rod right. lost the Super Bowl that he played in Pittsburgh for. Granted, he was coming off of an injury. A torn ACL. Yeah, but still, you know, I'm very comparable. But yeah, I'd give the edge there to Troy and just personally one of my favorite players to ever watch in a Steelers uniform. And it's unfortunate. I think that I think one of the most anymore. exciting players, yeah. regardless of era, Tom. Like you look at the entire franchise's history, one of the most exciting players to watch to ever wear that jersey. His greatness too is kind of that thing where you just have to be like you kind of have to see it to understand it. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard to explain why he was so great, but when you watch like six game sample size, you know. you'll understand mm-hmm. why he was such a great player. The game that I always think back to is that Tennessee game. Yeah. Tennessee, I mean, the Charger game where he picked the ball right. off in the fingertip catch. Obviously, the Flacco pick six in the AFC Championship. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love the man. Just the fact that at that point, that Tennessee game, he was already established as one of the best players in the NFL. Had already won two rings, I believe. I think this was like the 2010 season. So, this is before the, th- the third Super Bowl appearance. But after 
the two wins. This was, I believe, the start of his deep his depoy year. And he jumps the snap, right? He he jumps yes. over the line of scrimmage to sack Kerry Collins. He gets an interception. He gets he's just all over the place. It was just a high highlight reel kind of game. All right, number four, 1972, number 13 overall, Franco Harris, the running back out of Penn State. A lot of people say, you know, Chuck Knoll, the emperor, comes in. He, you know, figured out the formula. Mm-hmm. Mean Joe Green was the first big-time star player for mm-hmm. the team. But they didn't start winning until Franco started to show up and run the football. Mm-hmm. So I don't put him in the top three yet because I, I think that's pretty explanatory when yeah. we get to those guys. But he's the guy right on the next. He, like, uh, this is essentially our Mount Rushmore of Pittsburgh Steelers when it comes to first-round picks. Right. And really overall in general, I think. And I think you got to put Franco up there in this top four grouping just because of how he turned the tides to them becoming a winning team. Yeah, and I think what's great about Franco and, and the winning comment is that you mentioned how Chuck Knoll was the first great coach. Uh, Joe, Big Joe was the big um, first name that they got, the big superstar. And it's been because you know Chuck Knoll has been passed away for so long. It's been Joe Green who's been reminding everyone recently that of that fact, that they didn't start winning until Franco got there. It, this isn't a self-given like title or or no 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 it's or the team tells yeah yeah exactly posthumously a lot of people have come out and said that right. mean joe being one of the more vocal ones of course but i mean because he is the steelers mean joe green it's it's also crazy to think about the guy who has the most iconic play for one of the most iconic sports franchises is still this low on a list that include so many great players. Well, let's clue the people into why he's that low. Number three, I got Terry. Terry Bradshaw, number one overall pick in 1970. The last time this they team selected one, and only one their third ever time picking number right. one overall. Gary Glick in 1956, and we mentioned Bill, Bill Dudley, Dudley in 1942. And then Terry at number one overall in 1970, out of Louisiana Tech. Really tough start to his career. If Terry was drafted in today's day and age, he probably doesn't make it into year three. He probably gets benched, and they move on and label him a bust. Had a little bit longer of a leash back then on quarterbacks, and Mm. thank God you did because he ended up becoming one of the greatest in the game, won an MVP, and helped navigate this team to four Super Bowls, two of which he claimed Super Bowl MVP too. So, Terry, a number three on the list. Hard to argue with. (laughs) Again, you know, I said the same thing about Franco being low. And I'm using air quotes, low, when you're using number four. Once you're in the top five, people will give you respect for that. Yes. But to be number four, and then for Terry, who is a four-time Super Bowl winning champion, two-time Super Bowl MVP. And just a regular MVP to boot, too. A regular regular season MVP as well. And he's somehow the third best player on this list. That you picked in the first round. That you picked in the first round. just go. It just further shows how ridiculous the history of this franchise is. By the way, when uh, Tara won his MVP, twenty-eight touchdowns, twenty interceptions, and two thousand nine hundred and fifteen yards. That's different game, baby. Different game. Different game. Different game. Number two, I put Big Ben Roethlisberger in at number two here in front of Tara, just because I think Ben's a better quarterback in franchise right. history than Tara. Uh, he is the number 11th overall pick by the Steelers in 2004, obviously out of Miami of Ohio. Um, 
he's not in the Hall of Fame yet. Will be. Will be a, should be a first balloter, right? There's nobody es- else in the history of this league who has two Super Bowl rings as a starting quarterback who is not in the Hall of Fame. No, he's in the Hall of Fame, and he will be a first ballot. The only thing that was making me wonder about the first ballot thing was Brady retired the same year as him. But it, then Brady decided to come, come back. back. So for that year. Brady will be a year after Ben when it comes to. Who knows? Brady Canton. may still come back. He might. Ben's not coming back though, so that clock is. Well, Ben's been gone for yeah. him to get into Canton, um, and he will on that first ballot. But yeah, I know Terry has more Super Bowls. I know Terry's got the Super Bowl MVPs. I know that Ben doesn't have an MVP award if Terry does. Um, Ben's best season is a lot better than 28 touchdowns, 20 interceptions, and 2,015 yards, though. So, The guy threw for six touchdowns in back-to-back weeks. Oh, can you remember that? While throwing for 500 yards in one of those games. I'm pretty— He's right up there on the list of most yardage in a game, too. He's not number one. He's thrown for over 500 yards three different times. I know it's it's really incredible. I off the top of my head, I can tell you two out of the three. I'm blanking on the third. You got it. I'm looking at he's got. So he did it against the Packers when he threw the game winning touchdown to Mike Wallace. He did it against the Colts when he threw for six touchdowns in that game in 2014. He's six. He has got. He is sixth. And the Colts game is the one that he did it in. Five hundred. He's sixth for yardage in a single game. Five hundred. But I believe yards. he did it a third time. Did he not do it a third time? Here. He did it a second time against the Ravens. He had five hundred and six yards. Which which game was that against and the Ravens? A third time against the Packers. He had so five hundred and three. What yards. time was it against the Ravens? Because I December I named 10th, the Pack- twenty seventeen. He did it against the Packers in two thousand and nine. And then he did it October 26, 2014 uh, against Do you Bears. remember that that Ravens game? That was one of the craziest Steelers-Ravens games. And it was so... Four was times. it a four times? 2021. Forgot about it. Against the Browns in the playoffs. He threw for 501 right. yards. You forget about that one because it's a forgettable game. But there you go. So you mentioned that Terry and his MVP th- season threw for what? 2,500 yards? Ben threw for 2,000 yards in four <laughs> games. <laughs> Different eras, man. Different eras. And finally... Well, you know, the weir- before we move on, the weird thing that's... I mean, it was weird to see Ben in that regular season finale, home finale against the Browns, right? It's weird to see him not play for the team now, and it's it's a different quarterback. It's Kenny Pickett. I think the the final nail in the coffin of, like, okay, there's really no way I'll ever see Ben play again is when he's elected into the Hall of Fame, right? You... As his career progressed, right, he won his first Super Bowl as as a second year guy. Didn't have the best game, but then came back two years later and won a second Super Bowl. Came or three years later, came back two years after that, got to a third, and then he really started to pour on the stats. And obviously, Antonio Brown helped. And as the career moved on and on, it was this guy's going to be a Hall of Famer. You can't argue it. It's just it's going to be a first ballot, and then he got older and older, and you saw him continue to succeed, and you said, okay, yeah, it's now going to be, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. You can't debate it. It's it's going to be really weird for like 20 years, 20 plus years, we were saying this guy's going to be a future Hall of Famer to finally see him go into Canton. And number one on this list, I don't know how you could really come up with anybody Cannot else. do it. He is the Steelers. He was their first real, legit stud draft Cannot pick. Cannot do it. Mean Joe Green, 1969, number four overall. 
started it all. Yeah, he really did. I, I, again, the Terry, one Terry came a year later, and they didn't start winning until Franco. But man, he started it all, and he was the face of the team. He was the heart of the team. Anybody got out of line in that locker room, you had to deal with Joe. Um, they obviously don't win what they did in the 70s without all of these people and all right. of these draft picks, but Joe started it all, man. It also just goes to show, right, like how many good, like just how well run this organization is. To have that many solid future Hall of Famers in the first round alone, right? We're not including everybody else or even the undrafted like Johnny Shell, James Harrison, who could be the second undrafted Hall of Famer on this team, right? I mean, I feel pretty confident that nine out of our ten are going into the Hall of Fame. Seven of them are already there. Ben will be, and I think TJ, TJ could get there. And Cam might. Yeah. But I'm I'm very solid at nine out of ten of the Steelers. And then top we, 10 we even have a JDQ MTC where we said pounce maybe. Maybe. I mean, it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility with him. So yeah, I mean Basically, this exercise was was done to let you know how blessed bragging. your franchise is. It was just bragging. Um, I'll say this too. Hopefully, they add another first round pick to potentially right. this list. On uh, maybe, maybe well. there were two from the, each of the past the two, two years, years that'll sneak their way towards the top of this list. Before we wrap up, my one last comment about Joe. My favorite stat isn't even a stat. It's that he was so dominant that. His college, North Texas, changed their name to become the North Texas Mean Green. That's all you got to say. He was that good that the entire school changed all of their athletic teams to honor him. And it is just nice that he is such a great ambassador. And yeah. still so active. Like anytime you always. go to a Steelers dinner, like an alumni always. dinner. Or He's always there. Hall of Honor event. He's always there. Not only is he there. He's, he's sitting sit down, down and talk, and to, talk you on the radio. to you. Yep, yep, so yep, yep. He's at, you have access to him all the time. He's still right in the center of Steelers lore, and you got to love that. Did you miss any of our show today? You can download full episodes of all of our SNR podcasts like The Drive, Steelers Blitz with Wes and Motes, our show, The Steelers Standard, and many more. All are available on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. Draft day is upon us Thursday, round one. We will be back later this week or early next week to recap what your Pittsburgh Steelers did. He's Jacob Recht. I'm Tom Opferman. Enjoy the draft, and this is the Steelers Standard.